What's up, good people? Welcome back to the Stimuli Podcast. It's been a long week. I have recorded this week three separate episodes. Yet right now, what you see on your platform of choice is just the one I posted Monday. Fine dining and twerking. I recorded another episode, I want to say Wednesday. And... I went through the editing of the episode and was going through to make some tweaks to it, getting ready to post it. It's going to be a really good episode, too. It was um, about relationships. It's going to have a lot of good laughs at myself and just talk about some of the things that we deal with when it comes to relationships. And then I made a couple errors that I didn't realize I made until it was too late. I went in and tweaked a couple of things, did some editing and removed pieces that were a little too significant to me to leave out. Which brings us to where... I've now wasted 50 minutes on an episode I can't use. But nevertheless, I was like, no biggie. I'll move on. Keep pushing. Keep that positive outlook, right? Well, Friday, I record another episode, but I don't redo the relationship episode because at that point, that's where my mind is. And I try my best to record what's really on my heart at the moment versus recording what I have planned to record. I know it's not a good way to do things, y'all. I don't, I don't have, you don't have to tell me. But I, I want to provide stuff that comes from a genuine space of what's really feeling right for me at that moment. So I did an episode on the holidays. The holidays are upon us. And I know that there's so much that comes with the holidays that I want to touch on it. You know, my own personal experiences as well as the experiences of other people that I know as well as the people I don't know, but I've read, you know, the articles and things of that nature that speak about how this this time of year impacts people. The highs, the lows, and everything in between. Good episode again. I did a really good job, I felt, as far as covering a lot of ground. You know, put myself out there, you know, don't mind being vulnerable. And get to the editing part of it. I'm going in and actually putting segments in this time because I told y'all, I haven't done my own before. I've been on someone else's, but my guy, King Aries, he did all the editing. I didn't have to do none of the editing. So I'm really getting my feet wet as I'm going when it comes to making sure I go in and do editing and labeling my segments, just creating segments because the first two episodes did not have segments. So now I'm trying to be a little more polished, but it's going to take some time. Back to my point, though. I'm editing. I'm going in. I'm taking out excessive pauses that I had in there I was trying to make sure pace was better this time taking out stuff that may have been rambling things like that so the initial 49 minutes was trimmed down to I think it was at that point 45 minutes when I was done with the editing which wasn't too bad you know I trimmed off about four minutes of fat lots of silence a couple parts that I felt like was kind of drifting that I wanted to get rid of and I was ready to get to, I won't say publish yet, but I was gonna do my final listen. And I kept noticing that the volume just sounds so low. Couldn't figure out why. The volume was low, I was like, okay, what's going on with this? I can barely hear it. And I kind of thought back to a piece that I did from my guy King Aries for his podcast about some hot music that was jumping off in the around the 2004, 2003 era, something like that. And he had said when I sent him the file, you know, the volume is low. 
You know, I was like, eh, it should be low. You know, I'm using my handy dandy new audio recorder I got, my Zoom H4N Pro. Like, dude, man, what you talking about, man? This thing is nice. Ain't no reason for the audio to be low. Well, apparently, with me using it as my primary recording source and then converting it to an MP3 and from there, uploading it onto the platform that I utilize with Anchor, something went wrong. It appears that when it was recording, it was recording only one channel and it's not... I don't know. I really can't. I got to go back and figure it out. I was looking at it. I'm like, was I in stereo? Was I not? I do notice that when I play it, it's only on one speaker. And somebody who's a, a much more seasoned recording person, whether you're an engineer, producer, or an artist, you can feel free to let me know before I find it myself what I did wrong. But the audio was low. Content good. Audio low audio was so low that when I went in to try to dabble a little bit with some different background music for it the background music was so loud compared to the actual track itself with my vocals I wouldn't be able to use it I didn't want to shock people I was going to actually end up put some little 30 minute clips of good songs that apply to the to the episode unfortunately when it gets to the music clips it's glare it's blaring you're talking about going from like a level five, maybe four in my audio tracks. Well, not my audio tracks, my vocal tracks. And then you get to the music part of the track and it's like at 10. It was glaringly obvious. So I had a decision to make. Well, the first thing I did was fix what you got. So I pull up GarageBand. I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to drag this file over here and I'm going to see if I can manipulate it. Hour later, I hadn't got anywhere. Before I knew it, I was playing with the different effects and all the different stuff that's in there and all this different hoo-ha, but couldn't fix the file. So then I get to looking at videos on YouTube, which is my first point of reference when it comes to researching and need to learn something new i go to youtube and pull up a video and see if i can find a how-to the challenge is of course what do i look up audio volumes uh, audio levels um h4 input uh, uploads all kind of crazy little things i was looking up nevertheless i didn't find it so I get to look at it, and I run across a video inadvertently. It's talking about using the H4N Pro as a audio interface. Now I had saw IF on my settings, but had no clue what IF meant. Well, what it was is a way to let me use my XLR, XLR microphone, my wonderful Shure mic that I love so much, and use it on my Mac because I had tried to use different little adapters and it was not recognizing my mic at all well lo and behold if i use my h4n pro as an interface my computer picks up my microphone with no problem i am actually recording on it right now yeah just didn't know this weeks ago <laughs> you know i've learned one thing this week i am my biggest critic didn't need anybody to tell me that, but I realized it not just from today, but 
as many of you know. I go to therapy now. I own it. I love it. Not shame of it. Think what the hell you want. And my therapist brought it up. And she told me, she's like, you are your biggest critic. I don't think anybody could ever possibly give you any criticism that would be greater than that you put on yourself. And I looked at her with the, <laughs> the biggest, funniest eyes I could look at her with and say, you're absolutely correct. Because she is, she is 100% on the mark when it comes to me. I am my biggest critic. And it will cause me at times to not make a move because I've over-criticized the thought of the move that I may make and wanting it to be the perfect first move. Which always makes me reflect back to the different sayings I've heard about, you know, you can't fail if you never try. You know, and if you overthink it, you know, the, the only way you can ever guarantee you won't fail or succeed is to not do anything at all. You know, or we can just take it back to the old days of where I'm from when we played dominoes. Study long, study wrong. <laughs> no matter how you try to spin it, what your particular use of the phrase is when it comes to describing, overanalyzing things, I am all that and then some. So I told that story about the podcast to kind of speak to just how I really was able to see that, man, I got to fix this. I am such a critical person when it comes to myself. Those who know me may think, well, say so critical of others. And they probably think that I've had people say like, man, you know, you can criticize, man. What they don't understand is, is that I have high standards for people in general. And the thing is, my standards I have for people are nothing compared to the standards I have for myself and the way that I present myself. And when I do something that's out of character or just out of line, I'm the first to feel bad about it and the first to come down on myself. I don't need your feedback about it. So I already know these things about myself. This podcast thing this week has just been really funny to me because of the fact that I continuously want to put out a good episode that y'all would enjoy. And in the process, each time I found a way to self-sabotage that from happening because I've constantly tried to find the episode, that banger, that one that's going to be like, dang, said has arrived. Like I modified that, I want to say something else, but I'm trying to work on my cussing because I, I cuss a little too much. But back to the point. I am a major critic of myself. And some of that, I'm sure, will come up eventually in therapy and tell me about how growing up in the town I grew up in, where you had to be able to come with you, with that mouthpiece when it came to being able to crack jokes, or you was going to get folded up and sent off somewhere because my hometown did not play. Back of a bus was the battlegrounds. You would get chewed up if you walked to the back of that bus and you not could not hold your own in a situation where friendly fire turned into an attack on you. You know, the worst thing you could ever do is to be on the back of that bus, two dudes joning each other, and you happen to laugh a little too much. Everybody didn't have that feeling happen to them before. Some of y'all were prepared and ready for it. Others, you had that look on your face like, what the hell did I just do? When you heard those words, I know you ain't laughing. You already knew ish about to hit the fan you better have about three or four locked and loaded ready to go because if you don't they about to tear you out the frame because they about to look you from head to toe and find something to start letting you have it some of the really good ones they had stuff ready anyway they've been studying 
I learned from those wise ones. I started studying people. But back then, I didn't know no better. And they start in on you. They gonna go from everything from your shoes to your haircut. And if those don't, if those mark don't hit the mark, they starting in on mamas. It's gonna be a long day for you. But growing up in that environment made me mentally tougher, though. It allowed me the ability to think quickly on the fly, be able to do and say things at the drop of a dime without much thought needed. It allowed me to be quick with my wit. I'm appreciative of it. You know, jokes are jokes. At the end of the day, I can't say one joke that was ever cracked on me back in the day ever really hurt my feelings. Some of them may have made me a little insecure at that particular time in my life, but they didn't hurt my feelings. You know, observation comedy is not a thing that really bothers me too much. Because at the end of the day, hell yeah, my shoes were cheap when I was in junior high and middle school. Hell, who didn't know that? When your parents buy your clothes and stuff from Walmart, it is what it is. You know, at that time in my life as a kid, I didn't have no idea that, well, I won't say I didn't have an idea. I wasn't thinking about the fact that, hell, all my friends' clothes were strictly based off of what their parents gave them. They wouldn't buy those clothes themselves. Just a product of the home you lived in. It's what it was. On the flip side of it, I never knew enough about a lot of my, my I won't say my friends, but my classmates' home lives. I didn't know that some of them was rocking the best and the latest Jordans, but shit, living in a house that was much worse than the one I lived in when it came to just basic fundamental structure my, my mom and my stepdad were buying their house yeah I had on some Walmart shoes but hey they had their own now the person is cracking a joke on me for all I know they might been in the projects they might not even had that they could have been staying with a loved one it's not to say that to be an actual direct jab at them but the fact was their circumstances didn't even equal some of the things that I had but all I could see was the superficial parts of it. And as a kid, that's all that matters because in your little small confines in your bubble, that's all that matters. What you have on your feet, on your back, and what your immediate presence represents to those around you. You don't have all these adult problems yet. So it was real. Going through all that made me be heightened in my awareness, always watching, looking, Cause see, by the time I got to high school, I became real slick with the tongue. Now, I'm talking about I came back at folks. I learned early on how to start little small comebacks, but I wasn't really good with it. It was some people that were just good with it. Like, you just, you didn't play them games with them. You know, I got a homie been cool with him and his family for years, my boy Bird. Bird ain't the dude to do that with because Bird is animated. Not only is he going to hit you with some some real some heat, he's going to get animated with it. And he's going to get everybody else egging it on. Even if the joke ain't even as funny as it could have been, he's going to get everybody else so hyped on it. It's going to throw you off your game. You can't come back because you're just like, oh, man, he's going to mind screw you before he even get the joke off good. You know, it just you can't come back at cats like them unless you got a strategy. You ready. It's just what it is. But I did learn. I had one of my other classmates, man. Me and him, from the time we met in middle school, he was picking with me. Just picking. You know, he was cool with another guy I happened to knew through some other family. And they were, it was, he was kind of like the guy's sidekick, I would say, kind of, but not. So every time he come over, man, look at his this. Look at his dad. Look at his shoes. Look at this. And me being the five foot nothing, 70 pound nothing I was, 
I didn't have much I could do in the way of physical intimidation, but I definitely could talk crazy with my mouth. Not cracking jokes, talking crazy. So for me, even in those early stages, I learned that the tongue is deadly. You can tear a person apart. I can carve you up sharper than any samurai swords you've ever seen in your lifetime with nothing but facts. Some of the stuff I would say even later on in life to people in the midst of cracking jokes, they weren't they weren't jokes. <laughs> they were facts. And facts burn, man. Burn hotter than a bullet, boy. I'm telling you, it burns you to your soul. That's why a lot of fights happen behind it. When somebody get a little too real. And see, I was that dude that would get real. Now, back to my story, though. This cat would give me all kind of grief. And what I would always do is make sure I analyzed him from a physical perspective. I'm going to call out stuff that you can't shake. See, one day I know I'm going to get some better shoes. But you stuck with that face forever. And nobody on this playground going to lie and tell you that you pretty, that you nice, that you cute, that you find nothing. That's a face only a mother can love. These are the kind of things I would say back to him to try to get him up off of me. And he was bigger than me, and he would always threaten to hit me and stuff like that, but he never would. And after a while, that became a part of my response as well. Oh, my bad. I forgot to jump. Sorry. That's what it came down to. Now, you fast forward years, years later. Me and this dude are so cool. Every time I see him, it's nothing but love. But as kids, we didn't know no better. We didn't know no better. That's just the, the dueling circumstances that you deal with. But it makes me think also, as an adult, all those circumstances shape me. And without the necessary outside influences to come in and help me kind of trim the fat, so to speak, some of those things from my childhood that weren't relevant, that still kind of lingered, I would still be influenced by those things to this day. Hence the fact of my overly critical nature for anything that I do to make sure it's up to par in the back of my head somewhere in that very dark space a part of me is always thinking that they criticizing what I'm gonna put out there so you gotta put out there something so nice they ain't gonna have nothing they can say it's crazy right but that's the life we live and I'm pretty sure right now if every single one of you sat down and really thought about it you do things every single day is influenced by things that took place in your life years ago when you were children and you never shook it I'm not even talking about the bad bad trauma stuff I'm talking about just the basic stuff the very basic stuff has shaped your life and you still to this day act on it even though it's so not even relevant anymore when it comes to how you go about your day I won't say that having my clothes cracked on when I was a kid didn't influence my desire once I was able to have my own money in my pocket to be able to buy the nicest clothes I could afford won't say it didn't because it did ironically that pushed me even more to want a job when I got to high school because that was the one thing that I felt like I could control which was to go and buy myself a nice wardrobe to get these clowns up off of me See, my whole thing was this growing up. I never felt like I was an ugly dude. That's not coming off as arrogant, conceited, or anything like that. I just never felt like I was an ugly kid. I just felt like my gear was whack. You know, I didn't get the benefit of being able to wear the nicest clothes or the most fashionable haircuts like other kids did at times. If you're a kid of the 80s, late 80s and 90s especially, you remember that era where everybody rocked the high top fades they had like the, 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 the S curl kits in them or the curl kits in them like Troop was wearing, 
full force and all that yeah i'm going way back y'all just bear with me you remember the three and four parts and the v tapers in the back all that yeah mom's wasn't going on that <laughs> she wasn't going on it i remember middle school clearly wanting to get the recent jerry curl that i i, I agreed to get i wanted to get it shaked up because i wanted to get that that nice little chucky booker slash that full force slash the boys i wanted that i was like yeah i want to get it where i got like a ducktail or you know like a v something just i want it you know clean mom's just like nope you ain't cutting it <laughs> so here i am in i want to say sixth grade rocking a curl as curls were obviously playing out you know as far as wearing it the way i wore it so as one of my classmates that's no longer with us jokingly called me for the whole year dj quick <laughs> so <laughs> to this day when i see dj quick i still laugh because i reflect back to middle school being called dj quick because of the curl i had yeah if you've ever seen the wood and you remember the, the scenes when they was younger in high school through a middle i think it was a high school the really dark dude had the curl that was really close to his head yeah that was me <laughs> But that was life, man. I had to learn to deal with it. But like I said, those things influenced me. It made me very hyper vigilant on doing what I could to prevent things from being anything other than the highest level of quality for my eyes. You know, I will be honest. I'm hypercritical of, of the things I do now, not because I'm so concerned about what others are going to say for, not, for the most part, but more about am I happy with it? Because if I'm happy with it, I don't. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a in a bad way. I'm just being honest the fact that I have grown and I've learned that there is a lot of value in the things that you put value in. And when something doesn't have value, it's because you didn't put the value in it first. Simple and plain. You have to put the value in something before you can expect anybody else to. Will you have those moments where you're blessed, lucky, however you want to call it, someone else comes along and they see the value in something that you thought was trash absolutely it will happen and for some of us it'll happen many times over however you should never hang your hat on waiting for someone else to validate you waiting for someone else to validate your presence and your being and you're just giving you value you're gonna live an empty life because as interest change and popularity changes so goes you and what was hot that you were doing yesterday is not hot anymore that means you're not hot anymore you're yesterday's news constantly seeking the next hot thing so you can be relevant again that's an empty life to live that i wouldn't wish upon anybody which is why i feel the way i do about social media i feel like it serves its present its purpose i'm sorry it serves its purpose yet it's also served as a very Oh my gosh, sickening type of oh it's an infection in our in our society now. It's the best way I could put it. It's an infection. And a lot of us have suffered from it and it suffered from this infection in a variety of ways. I mentioned this on a previous actual recording, and maybe my very first episode. I talked about how some of y'all get out the bed and that before your feet hit the floor. You haven't even rubbed the crust out your eyes yet. And you are already 
looking at Facebook and you scrolling through the feed, looking to see what's been posted. You might be posting something yourself and then you jump over to Instagram and you seeing what's been posted. What did you miss? And if you still rock with Twitter, now you on Twitter looking to see what's been posted. What's out there that you haven't seen? I ain't even gonna touch on Snapchat, but that's just, and it goes on and on and on and on. We're constantly seeking that fix. What's going on? What I miss? Never has our world been more connected virtually and via social media, but yet so disconnected in the physical sense. We're not connected as people like we used to be because we have a false sense of connection that the, that the social media platforms provide us. I made that comment before, I'll make it again. Some of you have people you've been following on social media platforms for five, six, seven years, probably more, and you know nothing about them as a person. You only know the persona they have in social media. You've seen their children grow up, You've seen them post about new jobs. You've seen them take family vacations. You know their media, you, not their media, you know their musical taste. All these things, but you don't really know them as a person. All you know is what their social media presence is. Do y'all ever think about that? I do. You know, and that's where we are right now. And it also feeds into this hypercritical state that we all have now, not just me. We all have it to some degree because now your validation is not from the friends and family around saying, boy, I like them shoes. Oh, it's nice. Now it's coming from likes and hearts and retweets, all these other things. That's where we are right now when it comes to validation. It's morphed into something of insignificance when you think about it. What does a like really mean? What's a heart really worth? Anybody got an answer for that? Just wondering. But now we have people who go through hell and high water to constantly make sure they're putting on a, a great image for social media. Because I want people to believe my life is so fantastic. Like, damn, they're perfect. That's what we want people to believe. But why? We all know that life is not perfect for anyone. But yet we let someone's social media highlight reel convince us that their life is better than ours. That's not good. It's unhealthy. But that's where we're at right now. You know, I've received feedback from some friends before, like, man, it kind of sounded like you was kind of, you know, throwing shade at folks who, you know, do this, that, and the other on social media. It's not throwing shade. It's speaking truth. We've become very hyper hypersensitive to other people's opinions and what's validated amongst other people and what they think of what we're doing and it shouldn't be that way no one should ever be able to validate you no you should validate you I don't care how much Gucci how much Louis how much Christian you can rock if you empty inside none of that stuff is going to change it because as soon as somebody don't care what you got on what else can you bring to the table As soon as no one cares about what you drive or you're amongst people who also got the same thing and probably better and they doing it with no effort at all while you busting your butt to be able to keep that image up then what you got to bring to the table 
See, that's the problem. We have too many people now that have lost the other part of this process. They're not building from within. They're only worrying about what the outside look like. You got a lot of these social media influencers that got people thinking they need to do things so differently and so do that, live their lives so much better. But if you ever pay attention to some of the background pictures of these girls that got like 30,000 followers and 100,000 followers and dudes too, I'm not going to leave the dudes out. You start looking and you pay attention to the details. Backgrounds of their photos, empty damn apartments, empty houses if there's even their house. Like, what's in there? Nothing. It's about as empty as their actual, their existence because all they're living for is your likes and follows and retweets and all that other stuff. It's all an image. A lot of them, they still scratching to survive just like some of the other people out there that's following them that's trying to live the life that they think they're living. It's not cool, man. It's not cool at all. It's not an existence to have. I wouldn't want it. That's just me. You know, I went from sharing things with friends and family that I thought they would be able to enjoy that I was actually doing something with my family or that I experienced due to work, or whatever, because I thought they would think it was pretty cool and it'd be a good talking point when I saw them again. But next thing you know, I found myself trying to post stuff that I think is going to get more likes. For no other reason than to get more likes. And I had to have a real talk with myself and realize, you know, forget the language, but say this shit's stupid. It was stupid. What does it matter? There's people out there right now, and I used to be one of them. You post something and it ain't been three minutes and you already flipping back to see how many likes you got. How many people have shared it, retweeted it. If that post doesn't get the likes, the shares, retweets, instantly you feel a sense of um, hollowness, anxiousness. Like, why ain't nobody liking my post? What's wrong with my post? Why ain't nobody liking my post? What's going on? Why ain't nobody liking my post? People are at a point now where you will question yourself based off of somebody else's response on a social media platform. That's where we are now. It's sad, man. I'm glad to say I'm on the backside of it now. That stuff don't move me no more. I post on Facebook maybe four times or five times a year, if that. Just don't matter. No, it got to a point where I started to see the toxic nature of Facebook to where I couldn't enjoy it no more. You know, people take it as a place to go in and basically exercise all their demons to pick where they want to start beef with people air out their grievances with people you know to perpetuate false information unvalidated and unverified news you know all these things that we used to be a little bit better about doing when it came to how we went about our days now you can have an article that came out about six years ago somebody will repost that article and no one that looks at it on their timeline will research to make sure that's even valid or not before they go off and start talking about it and reposting it themselves or better yet they won't even go and look to see when it was posted and act like it happened yesterday and it's six years ago that is what we're posting 
people are out here speaking on things they saw on social media as if it was the gospel and they actually know for a fact it happened as it was stated on social media. We're at that point now. Why? Why? I wish somebody could help me understand. But we can do better, though. We can do better. Overall, my outlook on this when it comes to social media is that I just want to see us get to a point where we have genuine genuine centered value from within ourselves we value what we are based off of who we are and what we accomplish for ourselves and our family not off of what we can get on a social media platform you got a new ride hey congratulations I'm happy for you hey, you just took your family on a vacation hey I'm glad for you happy for you but do those things because that's what, what your value really is centered about giving yourself what you've earned and giving your family what they deserve and they earn, not because you know it's going to get your followers to all give you props. That's not what it's for. That's not what it's about. I can remember growing up seeing photos and videos of concerts and you never saw one phone out there you barely saw a lot of cameras out there. You know why? People were there to enjoy the concert. They were there to enjoy the moment. These were moments that some of these people would never get a chance to have again. So the last thing they wanted to do was miss it, trying to look at a screen. You are there seeing Prince perform live in person and you looking at your phone because you're trying to record it through your phone. How did we get there? But that's where we at. That is where we're at. Don't understand it. We're too busy. We're too busy trying to live for other people's feedback and acceptance that we can't even enjoy the moments that we're in. We don't even do it anymore for ourselves. We do it for other people's feedback. So now we're hyper vigilant of when someone doesn't give us feedback we hope we would have got. We're looking for their acceptance instead of enjoying what we have and in the moment. How did we get there? And now we have children who don't have the benefit of growing up in an era of times that have really passed by now where we didn't have these type of things out there. Your presence and your reputation, the perception people had of you was what they saw in person, live and in action, not what they saw on somebody's little screen in their hand. And you had to learn to socialize with people in the physical presence to be popular. You just couldn't go on a platform and put some popular good looking photos out there and people start wanting, wanting to really fool with you. You had to put in work. Like I mentioned earlier, you also had to be able to hold your own when things weren't always the easiest. Bullying is never good. It's not. It's not. It's not a good thing at all. However, I will say this. Bullying of my generation is totally different than bullying of this current generation. Bullying in my generation meant one or two things. Either you're going to keep on taking it up off of folks or you're going to put them hands up and y'all going to go ahead and throw them. Bullying this generation is I can sit here and put a bunch of stuff and type a bunch of stuff up on you and send it and post it to your, your platforms or I can record you and put stuff up on a platform and try to join you and all other good stuff. And that stuff will, in return, make you the one being attacked, 
get to a point where you're so distraught over that you'll go and hurt yourself. I wish I would have. And this is not to make light of any type of suicidal thoughts or things like that. And I hate the idea that even happens to our children these days. But we as parents are failing our kids because of this situation, because we're not properly grounding them in the space of your value comes from within and from what we provide you as your family, not for what some clowns say on a social media platform. When we send our little girls and our little boys out the door, they should understand already how great they are. They should understand how powerful they are without the need of any validation from outside. Period. But we, we half-ass it because we're too busy in our own space, in our own phones, to remember that we need to be feeding our children what they need. See, you're a parent that grew up in a time and space where that wasn't a thing. And now you've become succumbed into it. You forgot that your child don't have the background and the experiences that you have. And you've left them out there to be chewed up by the wolves. And these days, these social media bullies, they're not even wolves. Most times they're a bunch of pack of little chihuahuas talking a lot of yap and can't throw hands. Can't do nothing but talk crazy on the internet. The time I grew up in, you can only talk crazy so much to somebody before you better show that you got some hands. I don't condone violence, but I definitely believe in violence when you put me in a corner and I ain't got no other choice. I ain't never been a big person. In my mind, I'm always going to be that little bitty dude from middle school. Anybody ever fault me or tell you I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be running from you. I ran one time my entire life and it bothered me the rest of my life that I ran from that one fight. 13 years old, and that bothers me to this day that I ran from that one fight. Now I won't say that I didn't go home and pick up something that came back for them, and my moms had to grab me up before I got to them. But the fact is, the initial fact that I ran bothered me. I was going to get a weapon because I believed in that all day, every day. If I can't whoop you with these hands at that age, and I was that was a small dude anyway, I'm going to get you another way. But don't think bad of me, y'all, I promise you. I've done a lot of growing since then, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So I don't do those type of things no more, I promise. <laughs> but the point is, you can't let our children be out there and be subject to this type of nonsense that we have out on the social media platforms without some proper structure give them a foundation and help them understand what this world is really about and not this social media hype and nonsense let them know they're not a failure if they're at 18 19 and they don't have a youtube following with 30,000 followers on it that's not life man Anybody can jump in front of a camera and a microphone and put out a product. Doesn't mean it's a great product, and it doesn't mean it's gonna sustain. The whole art, the art of going viral is now something that can happen in a matter of seconds. And as soon as it's over with, you're gonna be chasing that that success and that high forever. You need to find a way to make sure you're a whole person before you try to go out here and be one that's all about the social media life. And parents, you got a responsibility to make sure that happens for your children. For the adults, you got to start getting back to you. Recenter. Find out who you are. Do you live for social media? Because if you are, you may want to have a real hard talk with yourself in the mirror. Who are you really? Are you the person that you portraying everybody? You portraying to everyone on social media, or are you something else? social media don't always show your insecurities at least not to the untrained eye 
I'm not gonna pretend I'm some type of highly skilled, trained person, but I've I've caught a few things in my day. I love reading books, understanding body language and human personality disorders and all that other stuff. I like that kind of stuff. Some of y'all insecure as hell, and it shows in the way you post. But like I said, this episode is not about attacking anyone's love for social media. It is about being critical. And that's how we got here. It's about how the environment that we have around us can influence how critical we are of ourselves, especially. And you'll be critical to others as well. And that's kind of becoming accepting as well because of the fact of the way that social media is set up. Everybody's criticizing. You know, and that's just an unfortunate thing that we're dealing with. And in the, oh gosh, I hate to say it because it makes me feel like I'm so old. But back in the day, if you did something stupid around you and your homeboys, you fell and you bounced your head off the ground. The only people that can really, really say how it went down were the people that were right there. And all that you had to worry about was how descriptive the person that was there could, how, how well they could re-describe what happened to someone else. But the fact of the matter is, no one had visual evidence of it. So the moment basically died as the story got old and as the, the person's ability to tell the story began to basically subside. But now, anything you do is in internet infamy forever because it's going to be stuck out there and at any given moment somebody can run across it you could have had that video posted six years ago and somebody just happens to come across it on their feed and you viral and some people are not wired and they're not built to handle that you gotta be careful man social media is a tool it is a tool use it as such it is a tool, but it should not be a tool used to build yourself when it comes to your emotional and physical well-being. It's a tool to help you promote yourself when it comes to your business. It's a tool to help you connect with friends and family that you don't get to see on a regular basis. You know, it's a tool for entertainment even, but it should not be a tool to provide you with validation and any type of moral compass what's right in the world right now please stop it now this episode had its all its own type of feel to it just because i didn't intend to record a whole episode i was actually sitting here testing my mic out a couple times and things started flowing so i let it go and i'm gonna post this i hope you enjoy it if you didn't give me another try i'll post another one in a day or two maybe three or five it just depends on how things go. Um, I won't stop being critical of my content anytime soon as I'm looking to continue to polish up what I put out here and expand upon the content that I discuss. But it'll get better before it gets worse. I can promise you that. We'll look back at these episodes like this and be like, yeah, I remember when he still didn't have that, that, that real locked-in focus point of view he wanted to lock in on and make that his, his general content. Right now, I'm kind of feeling it out as it goes. If you think you can do it better, I encourage you. Hell, I want to hear it because I will actually find some things that I can do better listening to you. I welcome the competition. If you think you can do a better one? Go do it. Please do. And when you post it, let me know. I will support you. 
because then I'm going to go and listen to your stuff and see what I can do better. That's the way this goes. I'm not going to hate on you. I want you to go. You ain't really about that business if you don't want no competition. Believe it or not. So I'm going to wrap this thing up. I hope everybody had a really good weekend. I hope you're really taking these holidays. Uh, what do you call it? I just hope the holiday season is not overwhelming you. I hope that you're enjoying it for what it is, whatever your particular religion is or your outlook is. If you're not into the holiday spirit at all because of religious purposes or for that matter, just because your own personal beliefs, that's fine as well. You don't have to fit into any of our individual lanes or bubbles or whatever you want to call it. You live your life. But if you do, celebrate the holiday season. Keep things in check. Your value is not centered around what you can provide or what you receive in one day out of 365. Please understand that. And don't lose sight of what this season should be about and initially what it was about, which was a season of giving and caring. It's about love. It don't cost you nothing to tell someone that they're worth it, to tell someone that they're valued, they're appreciated, to give something of your heart cost you nothing if you don't want to give gifts because you're not into the Christmas thing or you don't celebrate it you know go give to a worthy a a worthy charity go give to a homeless shelter give your time your time costs nothing but that time hope y'all have a good week coming up next week bear with me y'all we getting there this is only episode 4 technically I'll figure out what I'm going to do with those other audio files that I have. More content to come. Thank you for those of you that sent me audio messages. I appreciate it. Thank y'all that sent me text messages and posted stuff, you know, in my DMs. I appreciate it. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the actual subscriptions. That's all cool. I appreciate it. I love it. At the end of the day, this this podcast is just about me being able to have a chance to give back hoping that somebody can find value or solace in anything I may say in any of these episodes. You're not alone in this world. Y'all have a great week. Y'all be easy.